You're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Well, welcome to church, everybody. I want to welcome Facebook land. We want to welcome YouTube. Thanks you so much for joining with us here this morning. And a massive, massive welcome to every single person in this auditorium. Wow, it's so good to kind of be back. Hey, it's awesome. It's so good to see your faces and uh, just to be with you. Thanks so much for joining us. And um, I'm really excited. Who's excited about this season that we're going into? Are we all? Yes, we all should be nodding our heads that we're leaving the past. We're walking into something new. I'm excited. So I pray that this message really uh, not just blesses you. I'm, I'm speaking as, as one of the elders that's giving a directional message of where we're heading as a church and what we really, really believe in. So I just pray that you get on board and, and work with us this morning. Work with me. Be loud because last time I preached, no one was here. So you're being loud at the TV. So be loud. All right. So many have asked this question. Show of hands, maybe not. Uh, who's ever asked this question? Can I be a Christian and without going to church? Has anyone ever asked that question before? None of you guys would have asked that question, have you? Um, but can I be a Christian without going to church? It's been asked before, and I would answer this. I'm very careful how I answer this because uh, Leo is watching and critiquing this. I would say you could, but it's something like being like this. It's like a student who won't go to school. It's like a citizen who doesn't pay taxes or votes. It's like a salesman without customers. It's like an explorer with no base camp. It's like a bee without a beehive. It's like a football player without a team. It's like a parent without a family. It's a soldier who will not join an army. Just because you could doesn't mean you should do it. And so, you know, for many throughout... This world, post-COVID, their lives will look different. It will be very different. For many of you, the way you work will look different. Most of you guys will start working from home. The way you do things will change. For a lot of us are now washing our hands more often, especially after the toilet, which is great if you've ever gone to the toilet and seen those guys or girls who leave without washing their hands. Ew. I've been taught well growing up always to wash my hands. You know, Zoom has entered our lives, and, you know, for some of us now, we do Zoom meetings instead of go to actual meetings. But this isn't our forever, because other things will change, but one thing will not change, and that is the church of Jesus Christ will not change. You see, people have been saying that this could be the start of the end of the church, I don't know if you've heard that, I've heard that, that that people are saying that the government will finally silence the church, that the devil is closing down churches. But you know, can I say for 2,000 years, the church has undergone far worse and overcome far greater obstacles than what we've just faced. And yet the church cannot be stopped. You see, they thought killing Jesus would stop the church, but it didn't stop the church. They thought killing the disciples would silence the church, but it didn't silence. It just got them even more rowdy and louder. 
See, the church cannot be stopped by armies, by evil rulers. Nothing can stop the church. The world might get shaken. The world might crumble. But the church, the people of God, His kingdom here on earth is an unshakable that the gates of hell cannot stand against the church. It doesn't matter what the world throws at us. They can keep us at home. They can keep us separated by 1.5 meters if they have to. But they cannot destroy what Jesus is building on earth. We will not be destroyed. The church will prevail. So this morning, for those who are new and go, who is this crazy man? I am passionate about Jesus and I'm in love with his church. You see, this morning I want to propose that the church is more than just like-minded Christians coming to hear a pretty message, singing hands, holding hands, singing kumbaya, we can't even hold hands. You know, the church is more than just coming to hear a motivational speaker. The church is more than just coming to get your needs met. The church is more than, it's more than just a place I come for an hour and a half or four for some of you. But this is what I believe the church is. The church is the redeemed people of God who were saved by the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ for the purposes of God in this world. It looks like an army of people who have a clear purpose to bring heaven on earth everywhere they go. From power on high to do the will of an all-powerful, everlasting lasting, loving God. That is what the church is. That is what you're a part of. And I think you should be saying amen, that you're a part of something so much greater than you could ever be a part of without Him. It is the one thing. Say one thing. It's the one thing. It's the only thing that Jesus is building. In Matthew chapter, chapter 16, verse 18 says this, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, not on Peter, but on this rock, and this revelation that you've just heard that I am Lord, that I am Christ, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Can I just encourage you for a moment, church, that if this is, this is Jesus' thing, this is not Sal's thing, the church is not Leo's thing, it's a Jesus thing. This is something He is doing. So we got to make sure that we are not building something He isn't building. We're not building a name for ourselves. We're not trying to build our own ministries, our own platform. We are building what Jesus is building this morning. And that doesn't, why am I saying all this? Because the church is far more than just watching a sermon online and listening to a podcast and listening to some worship music in your own car. That's not church. You can do it and you've had to do it. And for those guys who are watching, there's no, you missed out. It's your fault. Jokes. I'm joking. But that's not what church is. Don't ever have this mentality of, well, I can meet on Zoom. I can do church on Zoom because that is not what Jesus is building. And why is this important? Because the church is God's plan to bring salvation in the world through Christ. It's the vehicle He is using, which means it involves every one of us. Amen? It's not just for the pastors or the leaders. It's everyone. So the title of my message, if you're taking notes, is Why Church? Why Church? Why do we have church? Why do I need to go to church? Can't I just be a Christian and do my own thing? Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a few points as to why church is important and what church is. Are you ready? Number one, 
We are a family. We are a family. That's what church is. We are a family. In Matthew 12, while Jesus was still talking in the crowd, his mothers and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. And someone said, yo, Jesus, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And he replied, well, who's my mom? And who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, here are my mom, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother, sister and mother. There is no denying the fact that God is big on family. He revealed to us as father and brothers and sisters for a reason. How much do you value your own family at home? Show of hands, who loves their family? Who would die for their family? Well, guess what? In his eyes, you and I are family just like we are in our own lives. We need to understand the importance of family. In Ephesians 2, 19, says, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundations of the apostle, prophets, Christ Jesus himself, being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure is being joined together. See, Paul is just saying to the largest church in Ephesus, that, hey, you guys are actually brothers and sisters, you're family. And with family comes great responsibilities, am I right? Yes. Mm -hmm. You see, I come from an Italian culture, and one of our greatest values is familia, family. Say familia. My family, have you met my family? We are loud. Like, you're, amen. Mom has in, like, I love you. I'm so happy you came in the front row to be picked on. But we're loud. And sometimes we're dysfunctional. And sometimes we fight. And sometimes we argue about who makes the better pasta sauce. It's my mom. And, you know, sometimes, but we're family despite what happens. We fight for family. In our culture, Family is so important, and in this culture, it's so important. Look at your own family. Look how different everyone is. Take my two kids. Complete po Oh, we're having a third kid. Woo! For those who don't know, my wife is pregnant with our third child. Little girl's coming soon. Oh, I'm going to have to teach her some things. So Judah and Lydia, polar opposites, okay? If they were in the Avengers, Judah would be Captain America, stands up for righteousness, and he's like, I am just always the good guy. And my daughter would be the Hulk. She just smashing grabs, like complete polar opposites. But you know what? That's what I loved about them, that they're actually different. You and I, we're completely different, aren't we? Like me and Pepe, well, we're cousins, but like we're completely different from each other. Me and Arkin, we're different, and that's what makes us amazing, hey? Correct. Yeah, I've got to correct off Arkin. It's in our diversity that makes our church so beautiful. Imagine if we were all the same. Gosh, if you were all like me, I wouldn't come to this place. And the fact that you're all different is why I'm here. In our diversity, it's beautiful. And what I love about family is community. I mean, I fight, as a, that's one of our values as a church is community. We fight for community. That's why I'm always saying, get in a connect group. Be discipled by someone. Do life with people. Community and family are so important. But you know, within community and within family, you know what happens? They, they can fight. <laughs> Leave my kids in the room for five minutes. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> They're coming out chaotic. And they fight. It happens within family. 
In Colossians 3.13 says this, bear with one another. Bear with one another. He's like, for goodness sake, bear with one another. And forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance, a grievance against each other, someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. In Ephesians, it says, be completely humble, completely humble and gentle. Hear this out. Be patient. Who has ever did some um, homeschool teaching over the last um, period with their kids at home? Patience. We prayed for it. God gave us an opportunity to be patient, and I failed. And um, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Wow. Let us do something today. Why don't we start fresh? Why don't we start a clean slate for those watching at home? Let's be patient now. If we've hurt anyone, if people have hurt us in the church, in our family, in this last season, any unmet expectations or whatever, why don't we start now? Let's just start. Let's draw a line in the sand and go, it, you know what? I'm not even going to talk to you about it. It's in the past. I'm moving forward. It, it's, it's we're moving forward together in unity. Amen? <laughs> Hebrews 3.13 says, but, everyone say, but, encourage one another daily. This is crazy. He goes, as long as it's called today. How many days is called today? Seven days a week is today. It's as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. There's a reason why we encourage each other. It's so that we don't fall into sin and offense with one another. It's a command from Scripture. The founder of Chick-fil-A. Everybody say, Chick-fil-A? Do it properly. Come on. Chick-fil-A? Well, you guys are cool. You guys are good. You know what I'm talking about? I'm cool. I'm still hip. He was a devout Christian his whole life. And uh, he once said this. It's easy to tell who needs encouragement. This is what the Chick-fil-A is founded on. He goes, this one easy way to tell who needs encouragement. Ask yourself, do they have a pulse? Very clever. If you've got a pulse, you need encouragement and you need to give encouragement. Okay? Let's be that family who encourages each other. Not pulling people down. Not noticing faults. I know everyone, not everyone, but I can tell you your faults, right? Jesus can tell us our faults, but he doesn't. He overlooks, he forgives our faults and notices the strength in us. That's what we should do to others. Remember this. Someone loves you with all your warts, right? Someone loves me with all my warts. And, and you know me. <laughs> How much more are we not going to forgive someone else? Amen. That's what family does. We move forward in this. You know, as a dad, nothing brings me greater joy than seeing my kids after they fight. Peppy, would you agree? When you see your kids fight, instead of trying to fix the problem, you make them fix it. You make them learn to forgive. And then they hug and they go play. Nothing as a dad makes me happier when children do that. Him. How much happier and blessed does it make God when his own children do the exact same thing? Amen. Why don't you look at someone and say, I love you. Maybe text on them, I love you. Don't say despite why, just say, I love you. Number two, what are we? We are family Functioning as one body. We are family. We are one, but we are. Okay. We, are we are one, but we are family. Functioning as one body. Here in Romans 12, it says, For by the grace given me, 
I say to every one of you, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of you has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. You guys belong to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So if your gift is prophecy, then prophesy according to your faith. It is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's to give, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The key to a healthy body is complete unity within the functionality of all its parts. When everything, you know, you've got a car. When things work according to the way they're meant to work, your car functions properly, doesn't it? So a healthy church is each and every one of you doing your part that you're meant to do and do it well. I'm no dancer. I leave that to Carl and who else? Leo. He needs to retire. We're going to give it to Carl. <laughs> I'm caring about you. You know, you don't want to be breakdancing at 60. You will be breakdancing at 60. I prophesy you will. You know what, moving back from COVID, we need to come back, working together, moving the mission forward. But the key is knowing your role and play it well. If you see need within the church and it upsets you that no one is doing it, then maybe God is placing something on your heart to do something about it. You know, that's how Zion was birthed. Give it out to the Zion ministry, our young adult age group. You know what? One amazing woman of God, I won't mention her name, but you all know her as the fiery jade. She came up to me one day and she said, I did mention her name. I won't mention her last name, Lee. And she came up to me and she goes, we need to hang out with the young people. There's got to be something about the young people. And I was like, let's, okay, what are we going to do? Two years later, Zion is birthed and it's functioned. Why? Because it was a burden on your heart. And well done for fulfilling the role that God has asked for you to do. Each one of you has a burden. What is it? Is it, is it to, to help the homeless? Street teams, get involved. You know, you know, people say the church should be doing this. Guess what? We are church. We should be doing it together. But it doesn't mean everyone has to do what you're doing. I'm passionate about this, so I'm going to move that way. You're passionate about that. Well, we're all doing our parts well. There's no offense. It's just knowing what we're meant to do on this earth and do it well. Amen? See, God has called each of his followers to fulfill one specific part of his great commission. We are called to be involved. No soldier can be left when the rest of the army goes out and fights with their lives. My question is, do you know your specific part in this great commission this morning, church? Do you know what your role is? Are you playing it? And you can't do it alone. There's no lone rangers in the church. You can't just go and evangelize on your own. If, if you get what I'm saying, I don't need the church. This isn't 007. This is mission possible. We don't need solos. We need team players doing this together. Jesus didn't even do it on his own. He, added, he had 12 people and they were all crazy and one betrayed him. But he's willing to believe in people. He could have done it on his own. He is the son of God, but he chose to partner. And now he chooses to partner with Arkin, with Doey, with Fung, with my amazing greatest mum in the entire planet, Grace. 
He chooses to partner with you. And maybe you're sitting here going, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know my weaknesses. The best thing is, is that He wants your weakness because He makes you stronger in our weakness. You don't need to be perfect. I'm not an eloquent speaker. I, I mumble my words. I have some kind of dyslexia, I, I think. I've gone in trouble. I've said two words um, together and, and it became a swear word by accident. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like I've done stuff like that. I'm not good with my language sometimes. But God uses the weakness, the foolish things of this world. Where are you weak in? He wants to make you strong. That's all of us. All of us. That's church. That's family functioning as one body. We believe in the church. We believe in building a culture of empowering everyone to be the priesthood of all believers. You've heard this. You are the priesthood of all believers. It is you, but it is both. Too many people or some people have said, I am the priesthood of all believers, so why do I need to go to church? Why do I need the pastors? Why do I need leadership if I am the church? Can I just say something? You cannot have one without the other. It's the duality of the same truth. We need the church and you are the church. We need to walk in submission and we need that enables us to walk in authority. You need both. Does that make sense? So we are family. We're functioning as one body. And we're saved for a holy calling. Number three, we're saved for a holy calling. When you turn to 1 Timothy 1 6, it says this Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. Stop right there. You have a gift inside you. You have a gift. He's giving you a gift. And he's saying, stir up the gift inside you, which is in you, through the laying of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isn't that amazing that he doesn't just send us, but he's empowering us as he sends us. I love that about him. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God. Here it is. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works. So nothing to do with our works. But according to his own purposes and grace which is given to us through Jesus Christ before time began. You know, for some of us, we've come out of COVID and our gift has laid dormant. We haven't exercised our gift. Maybe it's been too overwhelming in this season. We need to start to stir up the gift that's within us. We're asking the pastors to do it. We're asking our leaders to do it. Hey, encourage me. Stir me up. Stir me up. And God's like, hey, stir up the gift that's within you. That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility. And the best news is, is that you can do it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have written in the Word. According to what? According to his purpose. Our calling is connected to His purpose. The question we need to ask ourselves is, how am I fulfilling His purpose? Are we trying to build our own plan? I've got my own thing, God. I just want to do this and do this. Can I tell you? You can do it. You'll feel uh, forever unsatisfied. Uh, you know, what's the ultimate dream and what's, what's every person's dream? 
to get a house, have a wife, have kids. That's what they tell you growing up. I have a house, I have a wife, I have kids. I love you, babe. I love my fam, but that doesn't move me to wake up every morning and go, yes. You know what, you know what does? Jesus. The call that he's placed on our lives as a family, it's what motivates us to do anything he asks us to do. What is burning in your heart? What has God placed within you that he wants to use for his purpose? About 10 years ago, my wife and I were involved in a youth group. And, uh, you know, every week for months, maybe weeks, a month or two, We'd go out to the skate park, hang out with these kids, and then come back and, and, and set up youth and then pack down youth. And it was like 10 hours of like nonstop, get home at 1 a.m. Why? I saw so many kids saved. We saw so many street kids saved. Like, and, 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 and what it was is we saw something amazing. There was a why behind my what. There needs to be a why behind what you do in order for you to keep going in what God's asked you to do. If you forget the why you're doing something, the what becomes so irrelevant, the what becomes so mundane. So why do I even bother showing up at 7 a.m.? Why do I bother vacuuming? Why do I bother telling this person? Why do I bother witnessing? What is the why behind your what? The why is that God is building His kingdom here on earth and He's partnering with you. Find your why in His great commission. Why did my mom leave Italy? Why did my mom pour her whole life into two boys, raise them up? Why did she sacrifice her whole life? Because there was a greater calling on her life to see two kids raised up in Christ. And now both kids are doing something amazing for God. And that is your why kept you going. It's why you didn't go back to Italy. It's why you didn't give up when you wanted to give up, mom. And I love you and I'm thankful for it. Your why will get you going through your darkest days. Amen. Know your why. If you don't know your why, get before him and ask him, what is my why? So we're a holy, we're a holy family. We're our family. We're holy. We're holy. We're a, we are a family functioning as one body, saved for a holy calling, worshiping our Savior till he returns. That is what you and I are. We are a family. We're family. Familia. Everyone say, ciao. I'm a nonna grace. <laughs> we are family, function as one body, saved for a holy calling, worshiping our Savior till He returns. Psalm 100 says this, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us and we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name for the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generation. Church, that is one reason why we come is to worship our King. Do you know, shout for joy, shout for joy. Our English does not do that word meaning. In in the Hebrew, it's ruah, ruah. And it means to split the ears with sound, to blow an alarm, a sound of triumph, a joyful noise, a breaking through. I think we need a little ruah in this place. It's to... 
To shout to joy literally is to split your ears with sound. It's a loud sound. That's how worthy he is. You hear it in the footy stadiums now going back, don't you? All the Parramatta supporters. Hey. Oh, yeah, go away. Uh, love you, Josiah. Happy birthday. Um, they're crazy. They're splitting ears with their joy. How much more should the church of Jesus? Man, and sometimes if you need to work yourself into it, then work yourself into it, whatever it takes. Come before him like that. It says, worship the Lord with gladness. Enter his gates. I said this in my previous text, but the word praise to healer, it's, a, it's specifically described as singing, vocalizing of praise. Singing, singing in community. That's why you come to church. You come to worship him in our togetherness. It's good to have your own little worship parties at home, all for it. But the Bible commands us to do it together because something happens here that can't happen at home. Or maybe it can. I don't want to reduce God to that. But something powerful. Man, how good was it to be back in the house this morning and worshiping? Like that guy could have just gone for another hour. I know for those who are watching online going, I wish I was there soon enough, you'll be here. But that's a great illustration of what I'm saying. You can't get the same, you can't get His presence everywhere. But when a corporate people are gathered and faith in the room, is arising all of a sudden something in the supernatural breaks you can't do that on your own because it says to do it together there's something powerful when we start to declare with one voice the truth over our lives when you're facing this giant storm when you're facing a situation all of a sudden you start singing the earth will shake and tremble before him chains when you start come on heaven and earth sings holy oh my gosh all of a sudden what was holding you back is nothing compared to the bigness of God. Your faith starts to rise. This is why I can't wait to come back. Five services a Sunday, mate. <laughs> this place packed out with people wanting more of Jesus because He breaks every chain. We worship a King who breaks all chains, who loves you. We worship an amazing God. We, Oh my gosh, I could go on forever about the goodness of Jesus, how much He's transformed my life, how much He's transformed your life, and He wants to continue. That is why we come, to worship Him. Let me finish with this. Till He returns. We go the distance. We run this race that's set before us with endurance. Jesus says this. The Word says this. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him all the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe her with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteousness deeds of the saints. And the angel said, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper, supper of the Lord. He said to me, these are the true words of God. He's coming back for a spotless, pure, holy, ready bride. 
We are called to live a life of holiness. The source of our righteousness, it's His divine. It is given to us to be displayed. It's not a fabricated righteousness. It's real. It's ours. He's given us right standing with God. Do we resemble a church? Not just our church. Does the church resemble the bride that He's waiting, coming back for? Maybe you don't feel like a pure bride. Maybe you feel that you're, you're not, you've got wrinkles all over you. I'm wrecked. I haven't lived holy. I haven't lived the way I'm called to live. Let me finish with this. God gives us righteousness, puts it on you like this jacket, gives it to you absolutely free. And then what happens is we go through life we go through life and then we pick up something that actually was never meant to belong to us. We pick up shame and we put it on. All right, I'm going to put on my shame as much as I should have prepared this a bit better earlier. Doesn't matter. Put on shame. And then... I put on guilt. I put on sin. Started sinning because it got hard. So now I'm guilty. And I put on guilt like this. Start wearing guilt because it's comfy. I'm stretching these clothing. I put on comparison. I put on insecurities. I'm wearing His righteousness, but along the way I've picked up clothing that's not even mine. Can you tell this does not fit me at all? Do you know this is designed for a woman? I'm stretching out my wife's clothing. It's okay, she's pregnant, she's fine. We've put on stuff that doesn't even belong to us and we're asking the question, why doesn't this fit? I'm called to live righteous. Why do I feel like an uncle right now? And we say, come to church and worship, okay? Help me. I'm trying to. I just can't get my hand around. What's going on? Lay aside every single weight and hindrance that slows you down. We think, we, but I've got righteousness, but you've added to your righteousness. Take it off. As awkward as it may seem, because you don't deserve it, correct. We don't deserve it. And that's how amazing our God is. So then we take off. never meant for us to be worn. We take it off. We take it off. We take off all guilt. We take off all shame. We take off all unrighteousness. We take off every single thing that weighs me. Get off. Get off, devil. You know, come on. And we wear the righteousness and we can walk again. We can lift our hands again. Don't put on what God has not placed on you. Wear the garment of righteousness that only He has placed on you. Amen. 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 Well, that's a powerful word from Sal, sharing his heart about why church. You know, um, as I was listening, I wrote down these thoughts 
What happens alone with God is different to what happens when we are together with God. They are both as needed as each other. And they, are, and they both fuel the other. Your time with God alone is just as important as your time when we come together. You, I can't, one is more important than the other. We can't do one without the other. And they both actually fuel each other. So if we just say, no, but I'm just going to do that time alone by myself. Well, then you've disempowered the Word of God. God has put both of them. It's not either, it's and. It's, it's, it's both of them. So wherever you are right now, if you actually don't know Jesus' love, you've never accepted Jesus into your life, you didn't know the good news that God sent His Son, Jesus, to live a perfect life without sin, and He took the penalty, the judgment that we deserve was put upon Christ so that we can be forgiven, cleansed, washed, all that guilt, all that shame gone, and we can have right standing with God. The greatest gift you'll ever receive is this gift of right standing with God. Think about that for a second. Right standing with Almighty God. Peace with God. Sins are forgiven. If you were to die, you know you go straight into the presence of God, straight into heaven. But without Christ, that means we don't have an intercessor, we don't have a mediator, and we will go to hell for all eternity. That's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus said very clearly. He taught us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. So if you want to accept Jesus into your life, maybe for the first time, just pray with me this prayer. Simple but powerful prayer. To say, Father God, I thank You for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I open up my heart. I ask You to come in. I turn away from my sin and I give You my life. I make You my Lord. I make You my Saviour. I believe that you were raised from the dead so I could have right standing with God. And I believe this with all my heart. I give you my life in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, the Father God accepts you and you have become one of His, a child of God. That's amazing. So you let us know if you prayed that prayer wherever you are. If you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube and you want, just let us know. Send us a message. Uh, give us a call. Find us on, on, on the website and, and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. love to hear that you made that decision for Jesus. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.